think the uh, the enemy has tried to distract today. It's just me being honest with you. Uh, I've stuttered and stammered, and my thoughts have been a million different places. And I, I think that the enemy is is trying to distract from today, because I, I think that this is important. Because I want you to know that this is what Simple Church is about. We're about three things here at Simple Church: reach, teach, and serve. I don't know how many times I'm going to say that today or how many times in the next six months I'm going to say it, but I can guarantee you it'll be a lot because that's what we're about. Um, We're not going to do a lot of the stuff that other churches do. I'm just going to tell you that straight up, up front. We're not going to do a lot of the stuff that other churches do, but we are going to do three things. We're going to reach people, we're going to teach them the Word of God, and we're going to serve people. And what J.M. just described to you is what God has laid on his heart about how God has called him to serve people. And it's through giving them water. As he told you about, you know, how James says it, you can't just say to somebody, I'll pray for you, go and be well. You've got to do something. And in this church, what I want this church to be about is about people that do something. That's what this church is going to be about. It's going to be about people that, that do something. Not just people that talk about doing something. It's going to be about doing something. And I want to be a part of a group of people that want to do something. Like Kayla, who has just taken off to Africa to go and share the gospel with people who have never heard the name of Jesus. Or J.M., who God has impressed upon his heart. The fact that he needs to dig a well so people can not be thirsty. Um, that's what I want to be a part of. And we're going to continue to have people come and talk about how God has, has laid something on their heart and what God has called them to do. And we're going to try to encourage them and try to support them and try to send them out for the gospel. We're going to do that here in this place. And see, I, I've got to tell you something. He, he does, you know, J.M. didn't know about this message that God had been laying on my heart and, and this new series that we're going into called Regifted. Um, that's the series that we're going to be in for the next couple of weeks. And I'm just going to give you a sneak preview, if you will, for the next few minutes about this series and how it ties into exactly what, what J.M. just shared with you. You see, I had always read in, in, in my mind, Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to discern what God's will is, good, pleasing, and perfect will. You've heard that a million times, right? Everybody knows that verse. We've heard it. But I read it differently at the beginning of this week. It's not so much that that I necessarily think that it means something different. I just think that a lot of times I've been missing something that's buried in that verse that I kind of want to share with you just briefly this morning. If you turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12, we're going to look at this thing that, that, that Paul's trying to tell us here. I'd always read that verse thinking, well, that means that I'm not supposed to sin. The pattern of this world is sin, so if I'm not to be conformed to this pattern of this world, then that means I'm not supposed to sin. And I had this very shallow, superficial understanding of this verse until I went and read it in its context. Now, let me encourage you to do something when you read the Word of God, and that is to read it in its context. Do not just do what, what a lot of people do, which is cut and paste theology is what we call it in the biz. It, it, you know, where people take this verse and they, they cut it out and they say, well, let me, uh, let me make this say what I want it to say and we'll make it fit what I want it to fit. And they don't read the whole passage and they don't really understand what the whole passage is saying. I had this conversation with a Jehovah's Witness not long ago. 
Um, he was in Romans. He was reading a passage, and he just read like two verses. And he said, well, see right here? You see what Paul was saying? I said, no, 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 no. Uh, hey, brother, let's back up to the beginning of the chapter. Let's read the whole passage, and then we'll talk about what the passage says. Then we'll talk about what Paul was really trying to convey to us through this passage as opposed to clipping out just two little sentences here and there. Let me encourage you as you study the Word of God, as the Word of God becomes your diet, becomes your sustenance this year, that you read it in context. Because I had missed something in my mind. I, I don't know if I've read through this passage how many times, but I probably haven't read it in context the way that I saw it uh, at the beginning of this week. It was actually Sunday or Monday. And I, I was like reading this, and it just it, it blew me away kind of when I, when I read it in context and thought about what Paul was really trying to tell us here. Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, it says, And so, uh, it, your, your version may say, therefore, uh, if you're... If your version says, therefore, it usually means back up the bus, get ready. That's, that's, uh, that's Greek for, whoa, hang on a second. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead to you to give your bodies to God because he has done, because all of he, he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into the new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, I had always read that and thought, well, he must be talking about the pattern of this world being sin, and I shouldn't be like the rest of the world, and I shouldn't sin like the rest of the world, and all that kind of good stuff. And yes, that is true, that we shouldn't sin, and we shouldn't be like the rest of the world, and they're Uh, love for sin and their their desire for the things that don't please God, but it also means something different. If you read it in context, he's saying, give your bodies, okay? Now, I want you to understand something here. It is one thing to have your, your mind renewed through what God is trying to do in and through your life. It is a great thing to have your way of thinking transform and messed up and all this kind of stuff, which is exactly what happened to J.M. I, I took that guy to Haiti, and, and like he didn't want to leave. Um, he, we walked into the airport, and they had told us uh, in preparation for the trip, you, you know, these guys that want to carry your bags, you don't need to let them. And uh, J.M. apparently missed that information. So he was talking to anybody and everybody that wanted to carry his bags, and he was like, it, it, hey, man, this guy knows us. He wants to carry our bags. I'm like, J.M., no. Uh, they told us to be on the lookout for those guys that, that they would try to rip you off and they would try to take your money and all this kind of stuff. I said, just, man, just let me do the talking for a little bit. But that guy, once he went to those schools, and, and we went into several different schools, as a matter of fact. I remember the first school I went into, I will share this story real quick with you. Uh, we went into these schools and we shared the gospel and we sang uh, songs to them and, and let them hear the word of God and, and that's what we did while we were in the schools. So the first school we went into, um, I, I was thinking, well, these guys, they speak Creole or some of them speak French and they're not going to understand what I'm saying. I'm going to have to always talk through interpreters and, uh, and I walk into the very first school, the very first kid, um, I, I do like a high five thing, right? And he knew what a high five was. As a matter of fact, uh, he didn't speak Creole. He didn't speak French. He looked at me and said, hey, buddy, what's up? Um, I thought that was a pretty cool introduction to Haiti. He's the first kid. I'll go to give a high five. He doesn't say something in Creole. He doesn't look at me weird. He goes, hey, buddy, what's up? Uh, that, 
uh, we ran into several of those kids that do knew, knew English very well. And, and I can tell you that we fell in love with those kids while we were there. But I want you to understand something. That this passage really, what this passage is really talking about, you know what the pattern of this world is? If you really think about what is the pattern of this world, what do we always say? you got to look out for who? Number one, right? they got to look out for number one. Uh, nobody else is going to look out for you. you got to take care of you, and, and you got to look out for number one. I believe that's the pattern of the world that, that Paul was trying to talk about here. I believe that's the mentality that the world has, is that you need to take care of yourself, and everybody else will take care of themselves, and don't worry about anybody else. You take care of you. And I would say that is absolutely contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, I would say that, that God would tell you to put yourself last. Um, you know, they're, they're the whole campaign, I am second, which I think is great. And I love hearing these celebrities talk about uh, how, how they are second. And they put Jesus first. They put God first in their life. And because of that, they are second. I would say to you what we need to do at Simple Church is we need to have a campaign called I Am Last. And we should be at the very bottom of the list. It should be about everybody else. It should be about Jesus and God at the first and at the beginning. But it should be about everybody else. And then when you get to the bottom rung and the, back, the very bottom uh, rung of the ladder, it should be about us. Because I believe that God has gifted you. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, God has gifted you with certain gifts. And that's why we've entitled this series, Regifted. It's because God has given you certain gifts when you became a follower of Christ for you to use those gifts for his glory and to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus. We're going to see what, what Paul says about these gifts. We're going to see what he says to, the, to the, the people in Rome about these gifts. He says, once you do that... Once you put yourself last and put everybody else first, you know what it does? It transforms your mind. It changes the way that you think. It changes the way that you see the world. It changes the way that you, tra uh, you focus on the world. And it changes the way that you treat the world. That's exactly what happens when you put everybody else first and you put yourself last. It transforms your mind. See, J.M. thought that he was going to Haiti to, to bless somebody else. He shared that. But in reality, what was happening is God was shaping him into the image of Jesus Christ. And now God has given him such a desire and a burden for the things in Haiti. He wants to be there all the time. I can tell you from talking to him, that's all he talks about. He talks about those kids and playing baseball with him. And uh, I played soccer with them, and they beat me like a drum when it came to soccer. And they had no shoes on, and they absolutely demolished me. But... I can tell you that when you start to put everybody else first and you start to put God's will in your life first, what happens is it transforms your mind. It transforms the way that you think and the things that you do. I believe that's the pattern that, that Paul was talking about here. The, the pattern that we're supposed to stay away from is the pattern of making yourself number one. In verse 3 it says this. Because of the privilege and authority God has given to me, I give each of you this warning don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as your bodies have many parts, each of you has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. We all belong to each other. So it says work together for this thing. You see that when God gives you these spiritual gifts, when he gives you gifts, you know what we're supposed to do with those gifts? We're supposed to work together with them. 
Uh, you have certain gifts, certain abilities, certain talents that God has given you. You may not recognize what they are, but I promise you that you have them. You have to seek God's will for your life and seek the things that you desire in your life. When you get close to God, when you're at your closest moment with Jesus, see what God is calling you to do. See what God is challenging you to do. It doesn't necessarily mean you'll be the best at it. Let me tell you that. Uh, I, I can tell you that when God called me to preach, I thought there is no way in the world, there's no way I can stand up in front of a bunch of like 10 people, much less hundreds of people. And the first message I ever preached was probably in front of six or 700 people. I had no idea that God could even use me in that regard, but I can tell you that when God calls you to it, he's going to equip you for it. And he says, because I have the privilege and authority God has given to me. He says, I'm telling you this not because of anything Paul says. He says, I'm telling you this because God has said it, because God has given you these gifts. And it's through his authority that I can tell you these things. It says in verse 6, it says, In his grace God has gifted us, given us different gifts to do, for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is, isn't to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take responsibility seriously. If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. This is what he says. He says, each one of you is gifted because God has poured his spirit into you. And through that spirit, what God has done is he is wanting you to use what he has given you for his glory. But we squander that, don't we? You know what, you know what the biggest hindrance to us is? It goes back to the fact that that authority that Paul was speaking with, the authority that comes from God and God alone, we don't listen to that. You know who we listen to instead? Instead of listening to the authority that comes from God and, and instead of seeking his word and what his word says about how God is gifting us, you know who we listen to? Old number one again. We start listening to ourselves. And you know what we say in, in the back of our minds? There's no way you can do that. There's no possible way that you can teach a small group. There's no way that you can possibly go on a mission trip. There's no way that you can possibly dig a well in Haiti. There's no possible way that you can go to Tanzania, Africa, and share the gospel with a bunch of people that don't speak your language. There's no way, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way. That is what we listen to all the time. We start listening. We, you, know who we, you know who we got in number one place then? When we start listening, we got us back in that number one spot. You know who we're supposed to be listening to? Jesus Christ. You know who comes after them? All the people that need to hear the gospel of Jesus. All the people that don't have water, that don't have food, that don't have shoes. All of those people. And then listen to yourself last. I'm telling you, you've got to turn everything upside down and on its head. That is what Jesus did throughout his entire ministry. is saying, nope, you take what you thought was right and you turn it upside down. And then you get to the root of what God has said. That is how you know what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is for your life is when you put yourself last. It says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. He says, man, each one of you has got a different gift. Each one of you has got a different ability to do something great for the kingdom of God. The only question now is whether or not you'll do it. The question is not whether you're gifted. The question is yes or no. That's what it boils down to. And he says in verse 9, don't 
just pretend to love others. Oh, we get to the real thing. We're supposed to do all these things. Why? For the purpose of loving others. He said, don't just pretend to love others. There's a lot of people that pretend to love others. There's a lot of people that say I love other people. There's a lot of people that say I want to give water to somebody who's thirsty. There's a lot of people that say I want to put clothes on the back of people that don't have any clothes. I want to put shoes on their feet if they don't have shoes. He says, don't pretend. I, I, I've seen a lot of people that are supposed to be Christ followers, and you know what they do? They do a lot of pretending, a whole lot of pretending. You know what the evidence of whether or not you're a Christ follower is? Is how you love one another. Genuinely love one another, not just say you love one another, but how you genuinely love one another. How do you, how do you show somebody that you love them? I, I've asked this question before, and you get a ton of different answers, and and. Somebody asked me this question. It was probably, I don't even know, seven, eight years ago. And, and, and the question was asked to a congregation of people. We were in a small group setting. I said, how do, you, how do you show somebody that you love them? And God laid upon my heart at that point in time, and I, I, I just stuck my hand up in the air. I said, I got an answer. Everybody else had, had you know, typical answers. Well, you tell them you love them, or you, you show them physical affection. You wrap your arms around them and hug them, or you, or you do these kinds of things. And I said, I got an answer for you. How, do you. how do you show somebody that you love them? How about you serve them? You serve them. You serve them. I believe that's what God's called us to do. He's called us to ser- serve other people for the purpose of showing that we love them, that because we serve you, it's because Christ served us. It says, really love them. In verse 9 it says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection, and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Um, We're going to change things up a little bit. Uh, I'm going to pray, but I, I want um, I want to have the band make their, their way up. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to have Rayanne and JM come down here in the front. And we're going to put our hands on them, and we're going to pray for them. And, um, and, and then I'll let them come back up here and continue in our time of, of worship before we take our offering. Um, but I, I just think that it's important right now uh, for us to just have a time. We just pray over them. Um, Sometimes God turns our services upside down, and I'm okay with that. Sometimes things don't go exactly the way we planned, and it doesn't bother me at all. As we follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, God changes things up, and I'm okay with that. Um, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to come down here. I'm going to just ask you guys to just kind of play something for me. I want to ask the congregation to come and join around Ray Ann and J.M. as uh, as we pray for them and this thing that God has laid on their heart. If you would make your way down to the front, we're just going to do this. What you'll find out about me is that I, I don't stick to schedules. I don't stick to, to plans. Sometimes I throw stuff out the window, and we just do as God has, has led us to do. And that's what we're going to do. So if you can just reach out and touch them or reach out and touch the person in front of you, we're just going to pray over them. Heavenly Father, God, uh, these two, Lord, you've laid on their hearts a desire, God, to serve you just by, Lord, just simply giving somebody water. 
Lord, I, I know that this is from you, God, because I, I can see in his heart and in his mind, Lord, just what you're doing in and through this young man and, and in, in and through Rayanne. God, I pray, uh, Lord, that you would just honor their commitment to follow you, honor their commitment to, to serve you, to serve these people that you've called them to. Lord, uh, I, I know, God, that, that as you call us to do things, sometimes it seems difficult, it seems insurmountable. Father, but we know that because you have given us gifts, because you have given us your Holy Spirit that encourages us, God, and strengthens us, Lord, that we can rest in that. God, that we can find strength when we can't find strength in ourselves. God, we can find strength in you. Lord, so I just pray with all that I am, Lord, that you continue to, to transform their minds, continue to transform their hearts, Lord, into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ, to give them a greater desire and a greater burden for the things that, that burden you, Lord. We want to do the things that you've called us to do. So, God, give us clarity of thought when it comes to just seeking your will. God, help us to see your good, pleasing, and perfect will for our lives. God, I pray that we would do great things. And as we do great things, Lord, it would all be through the name of Jesus Christ. That as people drink water, they, they would feel the love of Jesus Christ. They would see that they have hope and they have confidence because of Jesus Christ. God, thank you so much, Lord, for this young man. Thank you so much for this young woman who have a desire to serve you. God, I pray that that passion would never grow weak. I pray that the fire inside of them, God, would continue to burn brightly, would continue to grow, Lord, as they continue to live their lives. Father, we thank you so much for people like this that are called to do great things for your kingdom. I pray that each and every one of us would follow this example, God, that we would do great things for your kingdom, God, because you, Lord, you are number one in our lives. God, you have called us to do great things. You have called us to be an example and an ambassador of love to this world. Father, thank you so much for this church and their desire to serve. Thank you so much for this church and their desire to, to honor you and to work hard for you. God, I know that we all have different gifts and different abilities, God, but it's all for one purpose, and that is the name of Jesus. So, Lord, as you work through these people, as you work through Rayanne and through JM, God, I pray that the name of Jesus is exalted, that the name of Jesus is the one that gets glory. Father, thank you so much for this congregation. Thank you so much for these two young people, God, that are wanting to serve you. I pray that you are glorified by their lives. In the holy, precious name of Jesus, I do pray. Amen. you a time to respond to what God has called you to do in your life, how God has challenged you through his word, and that's what we're going to do. I want you to think about this passage as you're praying, as you're seeking God, and as God is speaking to your heart, I want you to think about this. Beginning at verse 12, I'm just going to read it to you again. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, the family of God, so dear brothers and sisters, I plead to you to give your bodies to God, to do something physically with this body that God has blessed you with, with the spiritual gifts that God has given you, do something. Because, all, because of all he has done for, for you, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. He has called you to be a living sacrifice. That is what Jesus was from the time he was born to the time that he died. He was a living sacrifice. That is exactly the example he set for all of us. We're to be a living sacrifice. Now, I heard a pastor say this one time. He said, he said, as followers of Christ, as we're called to go out for the kingdom of God, we're supposed to have scars. Jesus had scars, didn't he? 
as a living sacrifice, Jesus had scars on his hands. You know, we're supposed to have scars too on our hands. We're either supposed to be the ones that went down into the well because God has called us to go down into the well. And as we hold the rope, we got scars on our hands from going down into the well. You can either be that kind of person who goes down into the well, that goes down into Haiti, that goes down into Tanzania, Africa, or you can be the other kind. And the other kind are those that hold the rope. Those that hold the rope for the ones that go down into the well, they have scars on their hands too from holding the rope. But whatever the case, God has called us to all have scars, to live so sacrificially that we have scars from the way that we live. Let me pray and we'll have a time of response where you just let God speak to you. Let God dwell in your heart. Let let God challenge you to what he's called you to do. Father, thank you so much for this precious word and how it challenges us. God, I pray, Lord, that as you convict hearts right now, what you have challenged them to do, what you've called them to do in their lives, God, I pray that they would live so sacrificially in their life that they would have scars on their hands. Father, thank you so much, God, for allowing us to serve you. God, for allowing us to serve other people. Father, I pray that we would put everybody else in this world above us. God, that we would humble ourselves. God, that we put ourselves at the, at the bottom, at the very end. God, help us to seek your kingdom and your glory. And God, I pray that as we do that, God, our minds and our hearts are transformed. God, that we begin to see things in a whole new light, all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody please stand.